off the ball. That was serious. He was furious. He wanted his net. Just won the World Cup and you won't let me clip a little panel of net. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Off the ball daily. Very good afternoon to you and you're welcome along to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. Shane Hanlon with you through until 5 o'clock this evening. So with you for the next four hours or so, we have a stacked show of live sport on the way across the next four hours. Plenty to come. At half past one, we'll uh, listen back to an interview with Luke Lachlan from OTBM this week. The Westmeath footballer on his uh, incredible story of um, dealing with mental health issues and, and addiction and uh, really, really an inspiring figure. So that's a great chat to look forward to. Uh, Ray McManus is in studio with me from 2 o'clock. Some of you will know the name, some of you might not. He is the uh, sports photographer with Sportsfile and he's had an incredible career over the last 40 years or so. Uh, really, really incredible uh, photographs. He's going to bring a few with us into, stu- in, into studio to us as well uh, and kind of talk us through uh, snap sh- uh, the snapshots of those moments and uh, how he gets them and uh, the stories behind some of the photographs, some great photographs of Jack Charlton getting off the plane in 86 to take over the Republic of Ireland job and, uh, and plenty more as well. So really looking forward to that chat with Ray McManus OTB Football Saturday will be from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock as per usual Dan McDonnell will join me live in studio we'll have David Connolly the former Republic of Ireland striker on the line and uh, the Dundalk club captain Brian Gartland will also join us in studio as well we'll of course take a look ahead to tomorrow's FAI Cup final from 3 o'clock that is Shelburne against Derry City uh, so we'll preview all of that action and we'll talk of course today's uh, Premier League as well uh, for a fairly busy game uh, days, uh, day of games as well we've got uh, loads of 3 o'clock games um, at half past 5 it's Newcastle against Chelsea which should be a reasonable fixture and then Wolves and Arsenal at 7.45 so it's one of those Saturdays where we have a late game as well and there is already a goal in the early game in the Premier League and it's a surprise one 33 minutes on the clock at the Etihad Stadium it's Manchester City nil, Brentford 1 so Brentford taking the lead on 16 minutes through Ivan Tony at the Etihad. Uh, so as things stand, that uh, that would be an incredible result if Brentford could hold on. Uh, that would, if it was to remain like that, leave City two points behind leaders Arsenal with Arsenal yet to play this weekend, of course. Uh, they're in action, as I said, at 7.45 away to Wolves. Um, Plenty of action, as I said. You can get in touch across the day as well on text to 53106. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or even just to say hello, you can tweet us at Off The Ball or myself at ShaneHannon01. And you can also listen in and get all our content, interviews, videos, podcasts, breaking news, and plenty more on the OTB Sports app, which you can download for free in the App Store or indeed the Play Store. I should say a big thank you to all of you listening as well this week because we got the uh, the JNLR listenership figures in this week and it was a big boost for us all here on Off The Ball Weekend. OTB Saturday, we now have 143,000 listeners. That's up 19,000 on three months ago. Uh, so, so thank you to everyone who's listened uh, across the last three months and uh, listening today as well. OTB Sunday as well, up to 153,000 listeners. That's 22,000 uh, up since three months ago. So uh, thank you to everyone who tunes in week on week. And a big congratulations, I should say as well, to the Koi Gig Pod here on Off The Ball, who picked up Best Podcast Award last night at the D- uh, Digital Media Awards. So congrats to Kathleen McNamee, Catherine Murphy, Emma Carroll, Alana Conan. Shout out as well to Karen Duggan and Emma Byrne for their regular contributions. Um, so really, really excellent night for them. I'm sure there's a few sore heads after celebrating, um, but uh, really, really excellent achievement for them. Uh, action ongoing, just underway, four and a half minutes at the Viva Stadium. It's Ireland nil, Fiji 7. We could be able to cross over live now, possibly, to Andy Dunn, who's over there. Andy, it's uh, not been the best of starts for Ireland at the Aviva Stadium. 
at all, uh, Shane. Um, uh, if we needed any early wake-up call, we certainly got it uh, fast. And uh, Fiji scored a, a try up the left flank. Really nice wide, crisp passing. Um, finished by Calavetti Ravuvu, their number 12, um, under the post. Dotted over the conversion 7-0. And Robbie Henshaw has gone off injured. So in the first five minutes, we've lost a key player. And we're 7-0 down. That's an absolute blow. Um, de- decent atmosphere there, Andy, this afternoon? Yeah, decent atmosphere. Looks approximately three quarters full, but there is a good buzz around. Um, lots of families, lots of young kids here. Did a little six-year-old boy bring on the uh, the ball, got the biggest cheer of the day so <laughs> far. So, um, nice atmosphere, yeah. Brilliant. We'll, uh, we'll cross back over to Andy across the afternoon. Uh, thanks for now. Ireland nil, Fiji 7, as Andy said. Gary Ringrose replacing the injured Robbie Henshaw uh, in that early stages. Uh, Tyke Furlong, of course, captaining Ireland this afternoon. He's the 109th player to captain Ireland as he makes his 62nd test appearance. Uh, so I'm just looking through the, the rest of the team. Five players in the starting side that started games against the Mary All Blacks during that summer tour of New Zealand. You have Jimmy O'Brien, Stuart McCluskey, Jeremy Lockman, Kieran Treadwell, and Nick Timoney. Uh, Tom O'Toole, Kian Prendergast and Craig Casey are amongst their replacements. They also started matches in that Maori series. Three uncapped players in the matchday squad. Lockman, who starts a loose head prop. You have uh, Prendergast, who I mentioned, who is covering lock. And Jack Crowley, who is cover out half. Will O'Callaghan joins me in the studio. Afternoon, Will. How's anyone? Keeping well, keeping well. Uh, not a great start, is it? No, not ideal. Um, the teams last time they met at the Vivo was actually the same as this, a week after South Africa in 2017. Right. And I remember covering that game and thinking... Ireland just about did enough. They won by three points in the end, 23 points to 20, but made a real struggle out of the fixture mm. last time they met in an autumn international series game. So maybe we're going to see something similar to that. Obviously very disappointing for Robbie Henshaw went off shaking his head. He was carrying that groin injury which kept him out last week when he should have won his 61st cap against yeah. South Africa. You would wonder if he's going to be a doubt now for the game against Australia. So maybe this series will be really made for Stuart McCloskey with the amount of game time, albeit as you said, Gary Ringrose has been able to come in and replace his Leinster teammate there. Ireland have got got some very decent field position at the moment uh, they tried to uh, kick the ball forward when they had advantage to Mac Hansen who was waiting on the wing um, but the kick has just gone a little bit too far for him it was actually of all people Peter O'Mahony who plays the kick through um, but they knew that they had the advantage so they're going to go back now for the penalty and I would be surprised if Ireland don't kick this ball into the corner and then have another chance because they had a couple of malls there a few moments ago were making up some decent ground so they're in good territory at the moment that looks like Joey Carberry is going to kick this into the corner Feels like a, it's been a good week for Irish rugby like I mean, since the South Africa game and then you had Munster doing damage as well to the South Africa A team like you're riding the crest of a wave you kind of want to I know it's not the same strongest starting 15 that we have out this afternoon but a chance for a lot of these players excuse me to impress yeah, absolutely. And look, maybe it's not all that important, but if they were to win this game and then beat Australia at home next week, it would mean they'd have gone 12 straight wins at the Aviva Stadium, which I would be a joint yeah. record uh, for the Irish team. Now, those things probably aren't as significant as the stats book, but it's all about building up a bit of steam ahead of the Six Nations uh, next year. Because, look, I think we're all scarred by the experience of what happened in 2018 when it turned into 2019, where Ireland went top of the world rankings after beating New Zealand in the autumn internationals and then by the time that they played against Eddie Jones England Chris Jones was talking about this on the show midweek on uh, Wednesday Night Rugby that England looked rejuvenated and in many ways Ireland's year falling apart started with that slow start to the Six Nations at the Aviva against England that year so Ireland will want to just kind of maintain as you said this four momentum uh, going into the new year and look Fiji are here to try and take a scalp and Fiji saw a bit of their game last week played very well and will be targeting this as a potential win in the Northern Hemisphere for them so um, Ireland are going to have to be on it if they're going 
going to win this. You know, the three new caps will be nice for the day and it's a big occasion for those players. As you mentioned, Jimmy O'Brien getting his first cap. Um, But ultimately, I think Ireland uh, need to get to a position because they've just been turned over here and Fiji are going to have a penalty to clear their lines. They'd be disappointed that they spent so much time inside the Fiji 22 there and come away with no points. Yeah, remains to be seen. So we'll keep an eye on that game. Seven and a half minutes played at the Viva Stadium. As well said, Ireland nil, Fiji seven. Uh, Some other rugby news for you as well this afternoon. New Zealand have secured a sixth Women's World Cup title. The Black Ferns ended England's 30-game winning streak by beating the Six Nations champions 34 points to 31 in this morning's decider at Eden Park. France won the bronze medal at that World Cup after thrashing Canada by 36 points to nil. They scored five tries during that demolition of their opponents. So as we watch Fiji on the break again. Magnificent final, by the way, at the women's final you this morning this at morning. Eden Park. Yeah, so uh, I didn't see the first half. I got up in time for the start of the second half before I came to work. Uh, New Zealand, the Black Ferns were playing a good bit of that game. I think over 60 minutes with 14 players yeah. and yet found a way against an incredibly strong England team to get themselves a winning try in front of you know a partisan home support as well. So this will be... Pressure on, like. Yeah, look, again, I think a particularly sweet success for them because Manny, myself included, felt that this was England's World Cup uh, with the form that they've been on. As you mentioned, 30 games unbeaten, had picked up a Grand Slam this year in the Six Nations, looked by far and away the best team in the world. Uh, But New Zealand, with that home support behind them and digging in a little bit in the game, which was an absolute try-fest earlier this morning as well, just about getting out with the three-point win in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So, uh, some decent action in the Premier League as well. As I said, Premier League leaders Arsenal, knowing they will head into the break for the World Cup at the summit with a victory at struggling Wolves this evening that's at 7.45 Champions Man City as I said can overtake them for a few hours at least if they beat Brentford in the lunchtime game which got underway at half past 12 but uh, with 40 minutes on the clock as I said Manchester City nil, Brentford won Ivan Tony with the goal just about to say Shane they might not have to win at Wolves to be top of the Premier League if Brentford do them a favour in yeah, this early fair. game and like Ivan Tony could have scored two goals early in the game too um, Man City were very slow out of the blocks and Brentford actually played a ball straight through their defence in the opening minute and Tony was perhaps a little bit unlucky with his finish he decided to go low and Ederson just about held his run out enough to be able to make the block and then Ivan Tony had a really good chance when the ball was whipped in from the right hand side about five minutes later but again he went central and it meant that the goalkeeper was able to make the save but I think the goal will be credited to him even though it kind of half hits him and Emmerich Laporte at the same time <laughs> so Ivan Tony as a striker will understandably claim it at a time when he's on standby for the World Cup too trying to impress Gareth Southgate in the last round of Premier League uh, fixtures but his 10th goal of the season Brentford uh, from what we've seen so far very good value to be ahead. Yeah, it must be it must be tough for a player like that, like Evan Tony, you know, to bounce back when you're hoping to get into a World Cup squad and then you don't you get the call well you don't get the call you get the call that's the disappointing call that you haven't made it um, I'd say on Tuesday if you were one of those England players who was touch and go whether that be Ivan Tony, Callum Wilson James Madison a few of those players who we weren't quite sure what was yeah. going to happen you're probably hoping not to get the call and it's an email that arrives saying here's your itinerary for going to the World yes. Cup as opposed to you see Gareth calling on your phone you know it's probably not good news <laughs> yeah exactly if he, if he feels the need to give you a buzz uh, we'll keep track of that Man City game as well I'll update you on any latest score from it Nathan Jones takes charge of Southampton for the first time when he takes his new club to Anfield to face Liverpool this afternoon Jones of course left Luton Town this week to take his first job in the Premier League they're looking to go into the World Cup break having escaped the relegation zone Jones says he can't turn things around in a few days not David Blaine in, in terms of having to transfer everything what, what, what we'll do is we'll, we'll give them certain things that we expect to work hard to do the basics right and that's all I'm going to ask then a real buy-in to, to, to what we do and then we go away and then we've then we've got a real chunk of time to, to change certain things. Love that from Nathan Jones. I'm not David Blaine. Can't turn around in a few days. Like, I suppose from an Irish perspective, Will, we're hoping to see Gavin Mizunu continue 
uh, under under Nathan Jones. He's had a lot of game time, and, and from an Irish perspective, you want that to continue in the Premier League. Yeah, and look, you're hoping that Will Smallbone is getting match time. It's like it's so difficult for Stephen Kenny. I was just thinking when the squad was named this week, where the way that this World Cup has worked out, two of the players he would have wanted involved, like Jason Knight particularly, yeah. can't play because Derby have got a game in League One. And as it turned out, he wanted to call up Conor Howerton as well. There was this kind of assumption once the names Howerton and Duffy didn't appear in the squad list that mm. both had been dropped. But as it turned out, Stephen Kenny clarified the situation with both in that Duffy had asked not to be called up for personal reasons and Harrahan would have been called up but for the fact that Derby were unwilling to release him right, yeah. uh, but Smallbone obviously like great news for him getting into the um, squad this time around and same with Evan Ferguson uh, to be fair to Kenny on this he has kind of flagged from a long way out because fans for quite some time have been saying hey Smallbone, Coventry, Ferguson these guys look really impressive with the main ones get them in and he was saying that he wanted to leave them available for their bid to qualify for the European Championships and once that was over this was a great opportunity to cap them so at least two of them uh, Smallbone and Ferguson should pick up their first caps this time around and in theory Radamida has not been available Ferguson may well be an able deputy as that kind of person to hold the ball up in the number nine position yeah. now that he's not around and um, let's hope he goes well I mean we have an Irish perspective on the coaching team at Southampton too with um, Alan Sheehan from Athlone who was the Luton first team head coach is now Southampton's first team head coach so he's gone with Nathan Jones he's brought basically his Luton management team with them into Southampton as he said himself not a whole lot of time to work for this first game at Anfield probably not expected to go all that well but they will have a bit of time in the training pitch with those who aren't at the World Cup to get them ready for St Stephen's Day when Southampton will be back in action yeah, it is an exciting Irish squad actually that, that Stephen Kenny named. I like the uh, hope is that Erling Haaland is on the pitch for Norway for this friendly. I know it's like he's <laughs> is not, the hope he's on the pitch or not? Is the hope that for most people that go who buy a ticket is yeah. to get to see him? Or from an Irish perspective, wouldn't it be great if he was on the bench and came on for just a little bit of the game? And yes. you know, don't risk your Achilles, Erling. You don't have to play well, for that long. Yeah, um, yeah. I know. I think look. As a fan, you want to go and see some of the best players in the world and this is an opportunity to see, I think with him, particularly himself and Martin Odegaard, it's a chance to see two really top-level talents mm. uh, playing for Norway during the game. Exciting time for them with some of the young players they have coming through. Um, but obviously we hope that Erling Haaland, like some players have come to the Aviva before, like Cristiano Ronaldo's had quiet nights at the Aviva. Yeah, yeah. Leo Messi was very quiet the night that the Aviva opened up. I wouldn't begrudge uh, a night where Erling Haaland doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. He's a bucket list player. Like If you've, if you've bought a ticket, you've a, a lot of people have bought a ticket. I'll look a lot of people would have bought a ticket because they go to every Republic of Ireland match mm. but I mean you want to see Erling Haaland it's the same like I haven't seen Messi play I've seen Ronaldo play plenty but Messi's one of those players before Kevin he retires Kevin will tell you all about watching Leo Messi play because yeah, Kevin Kilban yeah. ended up marking him for some of that game because Messi right. drifted over onto Kilban's side and it was one of those days where Messi just didn't look interested on yeah. the night that Argentina came to the Aviva um, I guess look it's, it's difficult I would say motivation wise for a lot of the teams who are going into friendlies that aren't going to the World Cup during this window like Ireland included yes. it's obviously a massive opportunity for those young players that we just mentioned coming in and I'm sure from Stephen Kenny's perspective it's one of those rare chances to maybe fine tune things before the European qualifiers in March but at the same time if you're a Norway player a Republic of Ireland player you're really hoping that you're going to the World Cup as opposed to playing a friendly against another team who haven't qualified Just looking there Ireland have crossed for an equalising try I think it was Nick Timoney the Ulster man um, and who's been very impressive this season too yeah Nick Timoney's coming up um, it's always a good sign when the camera shoots <laughs> to somebody it always gives away who actually got over so uh, Nick Timoney with a good break off the back of them all here and he takes on a couple of uh, Fijian defenders looked like he wasn't quite going to get to the line so yes. they were having a quick look at the grounding um, but it seems that he had just the upper body strength uh, to be able to get himself over just inside the post this is going to be a very very easy conversion as well and it should be all square between Ireland and Fiji yeah that'll be 15 minutes in there 
Conversion does indeed go over the bar. So Ireland 7, Fiji 7, 15 minutes on the clock. Joey Carberry does the dutiful from the tee. So we will cross back to Andy Dunn before the end of the news round just to update you on a few other bits happening across the sporting world. Sunderland up to 12th in the championship standings after holding on to win 2-1 at Birmingham City last night who missed the chance to move into the playoff places. Um, Ahmed Diallo, the young man who's on loan from Manchester United with a stunning goal for Sunderland in that match last night. Uh, with leaders Burnley not playing until tomorrow, Sheffield United have the chance to go top with victory at Cardiff this afternoon. QPR go for their first win in five when they visit Coventry. Bottomside Huddersfield host Swansea and Stoke go to West Brom. Promotion hopefuls Watford are at Bristol City while Norwich welcome Middlesbrough to Carrow Road. Managerless sides Wigan and Luton are home to Blackpool and Rotherham respectively. Hull play Reading and Millwall travel to Preston. We're into uh, stoppage time in the first half at the Etihad Stadium. Manchester City have just equalised at home to Brentford. Phil Foden with the goal on uh, 47 minutes so just two minutes in the first half stoppage time so Man City 1 Brentford 1 is the half-time score there. Uh, Scottish Premiership champions Celtic will hope to go into the break for the World Cup with at least a seven-point lead at the top of the table. They go for an eighth consecutive league win when they host Ross County at three o'clock this afternoon. Second-placed Rangers are trying to keep the pressure on their rivals with a victory at St Mirren in the lunchtime kickoff. It is half-time St Mirren nil, Rangers nil in that match. Fourth against fifth as Livingston travel to Hearts. Bottom of the table, Kilmarnock host Hibbs. St Johnston take on Motherwell and Aberdeen face Dundee United. Uh, UCD retained their SSE Artristy League Premier Division status last night. Tom Lanagan's first half strike helping the students to beat Waterford 1-0 in the promotion relegation playoff at Richmond Park. Junior Quatima had the chance to send the game to extra time but he missed a penalty in the 94th minute. It's a funny one Will isn't it? Like, it's very tough for the teams from the first division and I think the Waterford manager said this during the week Danny Searle like it's, they have to play what three or four games to get promoted whereas the Premier Division team just has to win once and to can stay focus up. on a single fixture at a neutral ground in yeah, all stuff. the system makes it as difficult as possible for two teams to be promoted from the first division up to yeah. the Premier it puts so many um, obstacles in the way of the team who comes through the playoffs now the reverse of that argument because sometimes the team from the Premier Division will lose and Waterford found themselves in that position when they went down mm. and when they lost against uh, Finn Harps a few years ago is that you can argue that you've put a few games behind you and that you know generally you're going to be very match sharp when you come into that one game playoff but in this case, obviously, it caught up with Waterford. Waterford got a her- horrible record in the promotion relegation yeah, playoff from true. both sides of it. And I was sure last night they were going to send it to extra time. It's going to be intriguing. We had Steve McGuinness on the show from the PFEI during the week about the minimum contracts for next season. I don't think that's going to be the case with UCD uh, paying minimum fees to players for next season. So that might be an interesting stick in the mud. The other thing, just looking at the uh, replay of the goal there, Tigburn, we talk about him in all action of the try, I should say, uh, about him being all action. He effectively was in at scrum half to pass that ball off to Nick Timoney <laughs> and then a few moments later after the kickoff, Byrne found himself again into the scrum half position and played a very tidy pass so Ireland have found themselves into very good field position here they've got an attacking line out about 7 or 8 metres out from the Fijian try line so again I think they'll be hoping to uh, bash another one over here before half time Absolutely, so uh, let's hope they can keep pushing with 18 minutes on the clock at the Viva Stadium. Uh, I should mention a Gillick Games, last year's All-Ireland Club Intermediate Hurling Champions Nace are taking the step up to the Leinster Senior Championship this uh, lunchtime, the Kildare Kingpin welcoming first-time Offaly champions Shinron to Newbridge for a quarter-final that gets underway shortly at half one. At the same time, in the Connacht Football Championship, Leitrim champions St Mary's are away to London's St Kieran's. Brewster Park and Enniskillen plays host to the Ulster quarter-final between Fermanagh's Enniskillen Gales and Cavan's Gauna at 7pm. And 15 minutes later, Cork's Nemo Rangers face Tipperary's Clonmel Commercials in the Munster quarters at Parky Cueve. Uh, in Snooker, there's an all-Northern Ireland clash, Northern Ireland clash in the first round of the UK Championship this afternoon. Jordan Brown and Mark Allen meeting on the open 
opening day of the tournament they will be on the table they're just uh, in, in fact after getting underway in that match while 60 year old Jimmy White takes on 16 seed Ryan Day in the evening session extraordinary achievement well isn't it like? I, I bumped into Jimmy White in the streets a few weeks back right. in uh, Tullamore I think he was that there playing random. an exhibition match it was it, one of those moments where you do a side double take and you're like wait that is Jimmy what White is Jimmy White doing um, Tullamore, I was yeah. on the way home and uh, Jimmy White was obviously to walk around getting a coffee before playing his exhibition match Brilliant. and here we are what three weeks later I think it is and he's qualified for the UK Championship proper back at one of the most important tournaments of the year and look I think Jimmy White is one of those snooker players Shane I think maybe because of the adversity and losing the finals and because he's a colourful character um, if he's not your favourite player I think he's probably in the top five for most people yeah he's the people's champion mm. as they call him like, anyway, he lost those uh, six world finals uh, which is extremely disappointing but, I think uh, Treadwell's gone over for a Treadwell's try gone over. We'll, we'll cross very briefly to Andy Don. Andy Ireland have gone over for a second try yeah, Kieran Treadwell, <clears throat> again, very similar to Nick Timoney's score where Ireland have tightened up a little bit playing possession football in the Fijian 22 for extended periods. A lot of runners just won out from the rook, taking balls, uh, short little feed passes from Gibson Park, holding possession, grinding down Fiji, and it's a smart tactic because we started off quite fast and loose. We've tightened up, got a bit more disciplined, and Troy is probably more characteristic of the Joe Schmidt era. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Timoney under the post first, and then Kieran Treadwell. Well, both very similar in, in nature and uh, so it's Ireland 12 Fiji 7 with a, a very kickable con- conversion for Carberry to come 20 minutes gone Brilliant stuff thanks Andy we'll be back over to you another referees It has gone to the TMO, TMO. here uh, I think they're looking as to where the offload just to Timoney before that may well have gone forward so yeah. they're going to have a look at that they're also having a look at the grounding it would appear um Hmm. There is a hand in underneath Timoney. The ball then hits the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the argument would be from Fiji. Uh, the grounding is now what they're very much focusing on the TMO at this stage. Is there a clear sign of the grounding before the two players get their arms under Nick Timoney? I think the ball actually gets grounded on the line yeah. and then the tacklers come in underneath. Yeah, but yeah. It's up to the TMO to decide if that's as clear as our Irish eyes have seen the grounding of the ball uh, just before the line. So um, the try oh. is going to be given. No, oh. no try. Wow, that is actually quite surprising. Off. So, yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic defending, you would argue, for Fiji then to Fair get play. arms in underneath. Uh, they weren't the best camera angles looking at it from in behind. Ireland have obviously gone in to look for, well, Tyg Furlong in his first day as captain has gone in to look for clarity as to the ball being held up. Um, but Fiji you will feel that's some fantastic defence because uh, Treadwell had hit that with a lot of power off the back of the run. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, so chalked off. 7-7 it remains on 19 minutes.